There we go. We are recording. So we are live. We're live. Hi, peeps. Welcome to today's episode of Swish Done with me, Paul Logue. That's my introduction done. We just want to jump right into this podcast. I have two interesting people on today's podcast. I'll say no, not two. We have four interesting people today on today's podcast. Two of them can't really talk, but the other two can talk. So I'll get the other two to kind of like talk about themselves and give you a brief introduction of who they are. And then we kind of jump into the discussion of this podcast. So you guys know me already. I'm Paul. I'm your host. This is not about me. Uh, I'll hand the mic off to one of you. Who wants to kick it off? You go ahead. Um, <laughs> yeah. You always go first. Yeah, go first. Okay. Um, so my name's Grace, and this is my daughter Alea. Um, she is just over three months old. Um, yeah. So Jesus. it's going so quickly. Um, I don't know what you want me to say about myself. Um, what about like, yourself? What do you do for work, life? Yeah, so, yeah, I'm an actuary and I work for Lloyds of London, um, but I'm on a year's maternity leave at the moment. So that's nice. Yeah, that's so nice. not this. At the moment. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's stopping real soon. So <laughs> Yeah, um, but no, it's good. It's worth it. Um, like the year was the maximum time that I could take off. So I've taken it all. Um, and yeah, I do powerlifting as well. Um, in my spare time. In your spare, your spare time. Yes. Kind of getting back into it, I'm guessing. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely touch on that in a bit. Uh, Vic, about yourself as well. Yeah, um, I'm Vicky. Um, I trained as an accountant and I work in a finance team um, for a company called Siemens Energy. Um, I'm currently also on maternity leave for this little one, Maya. Um, she's nearly three months old and I'm also taking a year's maternity leave. Wish it could be longer, but, you know, once you get a taste of being a mum, you're like, oh, I wish I could be a stay-at-home mum. Yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What's going on right now? I talk like the whole feminism. You got to go out there. You got to conquer the world, you know, do all that kind of stuff. I'm just joking, by the way. Honestly, <laughs> before I came mum, and don't get me wrong, I am still quite like career orientated because like I've, you obviously go through a lot of training to do accountancy and um but it's just like this different you, you're a different person aren't you yeah. and I still I still I'm quite career driven obviously I have to go back to work and I do want to make it but then you've got this other half of you which is like you don't want to let her go <laughs> so yeah it's a different it's a different dimension that yeah it's like a part of you that doesn't exist until they exist yeah oh, that's, that's quite interesting that's that's actually yeah. quite interesting let's not even think about it but no that's that, that's amazing to hear from you guys and basically the premise about this is i've 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 met I've, i think i've met both of you i definitely met i think I've, i know grace definitely but vic i don't <laughs> i don't know if i've met you personally but i've kind of we've been in like before. yeah so we met at a comp before and yeah. i think for me this is more about learning um, for me and I have a discussion I mean there's going to be banter there's going to be talking about life but I also want to learn as well I know someone might say oh why is a guy having this conversation about but for me it's about learning I think this is kind of a very valid information that we can get people's life experience especially with different dynamics that come into um, 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 your personal life what you do for work all that kind of stuff becoming a new a new a mom or kind of parent how that kind of shifts your lifestyle in, the, in a sense the impact of that when it comes to 
um, your body, phys- uh, um, also powerlifting, all that kind of stuff, just the whole different dynamics about it. So for me, it's also kind of like learning, learning from your position of how things have been in your life. So um, yeah, do you want to kind of like just give like, I know you kind of touched on your kind of like brief life, um, but kind of what was life like before you found out that you were you're pregnant, basically. What was life like? What were you going through? What was work? What was powerlifting like? What was all that happening? Yeah. Um, so powerlifting for me, I had the British and Worlds coming up. Um, I was a 63 kilo lifter. Um, so they were coming up in September, yeah. um, which is the month that I found out I was pregnant as well. Um so yeah, like nearly exactly a year ago now. Um, in terms of work, I was working for Lloyd's of London and I've been there for like just over a year. Um, but I was working entirely from home. Okay. Um, and I was living in East London. Um, and I was seeing Junior, but we were like long distance because he was in Birmingham. Um, oh man, complexity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, and I was training at like a mixture of in Birmingham at home, in my gym at home and at Bethnal Green. Um, But yeah, it was still kind of like a little bit, you know, pandemic world, wasn't it? Yeah, that's true. Um, Yeah, we were kind of still in the pandemic world last year. Yeah, yeah, so so things were still a bit like uh, a bit different than they would have been like a couple of years before that. But yeah, yeah, that was that was my life. Just quite straightforward other than the long distance traveling between London and Birmingham. (laughs) Hey, at least that's that, that's still in the UK. <laughs> I know where yeah, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna go there. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna go there. Um, Vicky, what about uh, Vicky, what about yourself? How was how was life before um, you found out? So I was just I was just getting back into powerlifting. You know, like post pandemic, and I didn't really have like any competitions planned. I was just kind of doing my thing, and I just like moved into a new house, bought a new house. So I was like doing that up, and that was keeping me busy. And I actually did start a new job, literally like a couple of months before <laughs> I got <laughs> pregnant, which I know isn't ideal, but it was like, <laughs> past the cutoff for them to like I could actually get maternity leave. Oh, <laughs> oh that's so lucky! That's so lucky. <laughs> Um, to be fair, I'd, I'd worked for the company for like two two years before that, but it was a different part of the company, so okay. different job. So it was, um, yeah, it was. I felt bad, but then I was like, you, you can't know, you can't feel bad about it. But yeah, and I I don't really know well, so yeah, as I said, quite also quite simple, just <laughs> you know, work, powerlifting, and just yeah obviously I live with my boyfriend Ed um so yeah oh cool 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 and, and like you kind, of, you kind of spoke about like Grace you kind of spoke about like you were kind of getting ready for competition and mm. basically you're you're prepping your body for like competition environment because I remember we also it was kind of like the British championship which I competed in as well but you were kind of like prepping for competition and I remember when you came to the championship where you were like just came to watch and I was like I saw you're meant to be competing you were like you're not competing yeah. and I, think, <laughs> and I think just that in a sense did you think like that initial start you were you were kind of already already feeling the changes in your body or was it just like yeah so I I actually dropped out of the British before I knew I was pregnant because I'd had like a really bad uh training day okay um and I was like <laughs> oh, like you know how you know we, we hadn't competed for two years because of the pandemic um and I was thinking how have I had a two-year off season and like I'm 
hitting the same numbers that I was hitting like two years ago. Like, what's the point? I'm yeah. not doing this. Basically, that's that's how I felt. Okay. Um, and now I feel like the pregnancy kind of explains like probably the way I was feeling physically and emotionally as well. Okay. Okay. That's that, that, um, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because because basically you you in a sense you you weren't you weren't so in tune with your body to know that like, oh something else was kind of tapping me out in a sense but you just thought it was just training alone but there was additional factors in a sense yeah, oh, that's, yeah. that's cool that's cool so what what was the first like three months for you guys like the first once you found out what was the first three months because I know a lot of people when I speak to people about this they talk about how like things kind of feel normal and then it just goes like the, like the body just kind of goes into a new, into a new kind of flaws. They're trying to get to know how the body's functioning. Um, during this mm. kind of period. So what was like the first three months for you? Was it just like standard kind of like just, or how was it? Um, if I could say one word, I'd say hell. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's hear it. <laughs> um, it was it was a planned pregnancy, so I knew it was coming, um, but I didn't realise how hard it would be. Um, the first three months, I had really bad sickness. I got diagnosed with HG, so I was in hospital at one point, um, like with really bad dehydration. Um, I got COVID as well. Wow! So it was, um, yeah, it's just madness because people talk about sickness and I think like oh it can't be that bad and then you're like you can't even drink water oh. like nothing anything that goes in like the wood just comes straight <laughs> <laughs> which is not great when you're trying to like grow another human being and you're working full time and it's like thank god that I work from home because like if I had to go into the office oh my goodness like yeah it would be have been a different so ball game. Bad. Yeah. but um yeah it's um your your body's changing you obviously at that point when you're three months you don't look like you're pregnant um but you you're definitely like softer let's say <laughs> even though like you're, you're not even like eating anything because you're sick but you just you're putting on weight <laughs> so, yeah. but um and you obviously don't tell anyone in that tight amount of time so it's kind of very hard like socially as well yeah <laughs> okay yeah. okay I get I get it how, how about yourself Grace how was how was it yeah I mean I, I can second that um I didn't have uh HG that's um where you are like vomiting all the time I yeah. think like maybe Vix will say some more about that um but everything made me feel nauseous like all day every day I was nauseous um yeah. and for me one of the worst things was brushing my teeth so quite often I'd be cleaning my teeth and it would make me vomit oh wow okay which is just so disgusting because obviously like if you vomit you want to clean your teeth you want to clean your teeth so it it becomes like a continued process of like trying to brush it okay yeah okay um but it's just absolutely exhausting as well like the the tiredness that I had was like unbelievable um and like Vicky said like I was so glad to be working from home because I wouldn't have been able to hide that from people at all. Like, <laughs> and, and it's awkward because you feel so pre- like you feel so different and so pregnant, but you you can't you don't look pregnant. You so don't people pregnant, don't yeah. you know if you go out and about, no one is sort of like kinder to you because they don't know that you're pregnant and they don't know how bad you're feeling. Yeah. So um, did you not buy the badge straight away? Like you know, you know the badge that says kind of like baby on board and stuff like that. No, I, I didn't get, um, I got a badge when I was about eight months pregnant. Probably. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh. Um, 
because a man saw me on the tube basically and he was like oh you you need one of these I'm <laughs> oh, sorry sorry he just gave it to you free yeah yeah I don't I, do you have to buy it I, I know some people that buy it online and stuff like that but I don't know yeah okay yeah okay. someone That's... just gave someone that works there just gave me one okay eventually. all right so so like the first three months it goes it goes either way for some people but um but like uh, Vicky, you kind of talked about is it HD? How, uh, how how was that? How did that kind of impact you? I know Grace kind of talked about it briefly, but how did that yeah, impact you as well? It's it's horrible. Like I can't. It's just it's just horrendous. Like one minute you can be feeling like absolutely fine, and the moment you smell food or anything, it just you're throwing up constantly. And people like say it's morning sickness. So you probably heard it like referred to as morning sickness, but it's all day. It, and it's it gets worse at night and you'll just wake up halfway through the night and you think, oh my God, I'm gonna be sick. Oh, wow. And because I had it up to I think nearly up to halfway through my pregnancy. And you get to a point where obviously the baby's getting bigger and it's like pushing down on your bladder and everything. So you're like throwing up and then you've got no bladder control the same too much information <laughs> that was spill it spill the beans <laughs> oh, okay. no bladder control it's just like a whole mess <laughs> and like in this in this period of time how were your how were your significant others kind of like because because I know we talk about like the changes that you go through as as a, as a person that's going to be having a baby but what was your partner? Because basically your partner would kind of go into a sort of change as well. There's, there's kind of like that topic about how when someone is pregnant around a man, they do go to that change as well. But how was your partner or your significant other around that period of time, at that early stage? How did they kind of like kind of jump in and kind of like, what, what was it to them? Um, I think if I needed anything, he was there. Like literally late night trips to Tesco, like at 11, half 11 when I had really bad heartburn. I was like, I need some ready kind of thing. And if I needed anything, he'd always go get it for me and that kind of thing. So I would say like one word, supportive. So that was nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, that Junior actually had heartburn as well. Like when I started getting heartburn and they call it um, a sympathetic pregnancy there we go there we go that that was the term I was looking for yeah yeah but we both had heartburn for like the first time in our lives Um, but that was like later on in the pregnancy yeah yeah no because I I was I was speaking to a friend of mine um of recent like his partner just had a baby of recent as well and he was talking about how he had to go get checked like he had to go get checked because he was he was beginning to kind of like get morning sickness for some sometimes what he was getting it was like something his partner would have he would also have it as well and like he was getting like super fatigued tired feeling kind of pains and aches and it was like I've never felt that before and then that's where that term I, I found out about that term when I was speaking to him because I knew mm-hmm. I knew about it but I didn't I didn't know the kind of technical term to it but uh, that's interesting to know that 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 that, that, that was happening um um but let's let's kind of like shift gears in a sense. Um, were you still kind of like training? Like how far into your pregnancy were you were you training? Like when it comes to powerlifting or just being physically activity and stuff like that? Yeah. I mean, I trained till 40 weeks. Um, but it was really kind of just when I felt like it at that point. Um, yeah. and also in the first trimester was just when I felt like it because I felt really rough most of the time. Okay. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I was the same because obviously I was quite sick. So it was just as and when I think I went for probably like eight weeks without training at all, which it's obviously hard when you're so used to kind of 
doing that four or five times a week and it's a massive part of your kind of whole schedule that it just flips it on its head but you are obviously very tired as Grace said so you pretty much just want to be in bed as soon as you finish work on your (laughs) lunch break you're in bed like um but again yeah I was literally right up to I think I was training like the day before I was induced so (laughs) it was yeah and yeah it's mental because you look back and you see the videos of you like huge and you're like oh my god how was I doing that (laughs) but you got completely different leverages so Do you used to go back, like, like you talk, do you used to go back and like watch videos of yourself while you were kind of heavy training and just what goes to your mind when you see that right now? Like, what goes to your mind? I, I just can't believe, like, sometimes I think I just can't believe I did that. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, it's like, it's such a, at the time, it feels like you're kind of pregnant forever, but it's actually such a short period of your life and it's not it's obviously not something that I've ever done before. Um, And I just look at how big I was and I just think, wow, like my body actually did that. Um, You know? It's it's, it's interesting to to kind of see what the body's capable of doing. Not like, we don't really get there. So I'm just gonna put myself on that. But like, just kind of see what you go to. And like, whenever I speak to kind of people, I'm like, it's amazing to see what the the human body can do and what it goes through and what it to bring to bring in another life in so mm-hmm. yeah no, that's 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 interesting um yeah. let's kind of shift gear into one thing i want to kind of look into which is called like the med- the medical side of it the nhs in a sense let's kind of look at that and what your experiences were like from the beginning to giving birth and kind of like post post giving birth as well well what what, was, what has been your experience when it comes to the NHS, we know we're not currently right now. Everything is under pressure. The NHS is under pressure. Our services are all under pressure. Cost of living, all that kind of stuff. What What were your experiences like when it comes to utilizing the service that is free, basically? Um, I'll go, I'll go first. Um, so in terms of like midwife appointments, amazing. The community midwives around here are from phenomenal. Phenomenal. <laughs> amazing even post-birth community for guys are amazing um and my midwife I had when I was in labor I had two the first one I had was a student midwife she was incredible as well the second midwife also incredible who took me to my c-section she was amazing postnatal care is a whole different story they mm. are in fact, I'm going to preface this by saying that I had a quite traumatic birth and I want to say that like, if anyone's listening and is pregnant and is scared of pregnancy and labour and delivery, that everyone's birth is different. And just because like me and Grace might talk about our birth and like the trauma that we've had, it doesn't mean that they're going to have that as well. Yeah. But um, postnatal care, they're extremely understaffed um and especially when you've had kind of a c-section you are in a lot of pain and you need to be given pain meds literally every three or four hours otherwise you will just be in agony like can you imagine like going to like having like a major surgery and them not giving you anything and then bring paracetamol to you and you're like (laughs) they give they give you codeine and also um What's that stronger one that they can give you? Dihydrocodine or something. 
there's another one. one as well. Um, there's like a really morphine. That morphine can... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I didn't know that you weren't actually meant to have if you're breastfeeding. But I, they yeah, were... I didn't get any morphine. They were just give. They were literally giving him. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Oh, no, okay. I don't probably got like a morphine addiction. Touch <laughs> <laughs> wood. Um, but no, incredibly understaffed. There was, um, I think there was two ladies in my little, like we had four beds in my ward and they both self-discharged themselves because they were sick of waiting for wow. people to come around and they hadn't even been checked out and stuff like that. And I know one of the things I wanted to say was that they actually had to close the labour and delivery suite at Wivenshaw um, the night I gave birth because they didn't have enough midwives to cover the beds that they had um, because the hospital in Macclesfield had recently closed their maternity unit. Yeah. So they've obviously got people from all over South Manchester coming to Wivenshaw and then they've got people from Cheshire as well coming and they were just like extremely understaffed. And I just think how dangerous is that you go into labour and they haven't got anyone. So I think a lot of the big issue is that it is understaffed. Understaffed, they've yeah. Equipment. They've got the beds, they're just understaffed. Understaffed, they don't help. Wow, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. Grace, how about you? Do you kind of like, how was, how was yours? I mean, there's definite parallels. Um, and we're in different parts of the country as well, which kind of suggests that it's like a nationwide issue yeah um but I started my maternity care in Birmingham um when we were living there and I was in for a home birth and I had the same midwife the whole way through whilst I was in Birmingham and she was absolutely amazing um I was actually like part of me was planning to go back to Birmingham to have a layer because the midwife was so great yeah um but I actually ended up transferring my care to Milton Keynes at 37 weeks which was really stressful um so it took me two weeks to even get a booking appointment um, and I was thinking you know what? I mean I was pregnant for 42 weeks so obviously <laughs> there was no danger of me like having the baby but actually I you know I could have um and I just wasn't on their books at all for a whole two weeks right at the end of my pregnancy um and like Vicky said the like whilst I was in labor I I didn't have like one-to-one care um which you are supposed to have but the midwife was like in and out all the time yeah um because they they just didn't have enough midwives on the world um and also like you said Vicky they had um they're supposed to have another ward in that hospital but it had to close down um and yeah the the staffing issue so because they didn't have enough staff um when Alea was born she was taken to the the high dependency unit because she had issues with her breathing um and they put me on a ward with five other women who all had their babies with them um so I didn't have my baby and I was just laying there after this like really prolonged labor and major surgery um at like two in the morning listening to other babies cry and not being with my baby um and they've since said that like that shouldn't have happened they just had to put me in that ward because there weren't enough midwives to staff another another ward that could have been just women yeah um 
that sounds very kind of like like that would definitely stoke up your emotion massively and kind of like could be a bit traumatic yeah 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 um you know and also like Vicky said with the c-section you're in a lot of pain um obviously Alea wasn't with me and I wanted to breastfeed that was really important to me so I had to transport myself after this major surgery to her ward so I was basically hobbling along the corridors and I just think now I look back on it and I think like I'm so lucky that I didn't have any complications or like the fact that I was able to do that is so fortunate because then you know what are the chances that I would have been able to do that after that surgery yeah I should have really been in a wheelchair or something you know yeah being taken to a layer but I just had to like hobble along um, and go there myself because there was no one to take me it, it, it definitely speaks to the energy the NHS is definitely crumbling at, at the same slice for sure there's definitely a lot of a lot of underlying issues that then creep up in very very complicated situation as childbirth is already a very complicated situation when you take into when you take it to people's health conditions or whatever that might be or your or your physical condition and just the whole process of giving birth but then not having the right adequate resources available that should be there we pay tax um, taxes being funded into this it should be the case whereby this is also all being taken care of so it's good to hear your experiences because i think it's very very important that we hear that um we don't we, we don't get to hear that enough all we get to hear is just there is these issues with funding with the nhs and not enough staff but we don't hear about the real life consequences enough as mm-hmm. to how it definitely affects people and it doesn't have to be life-threatening uh, or, or the loss of life but it could be just the things that happen to you that could then impact you just the way you kind of like are in that situation so it's good to like what would what would be your advice like from your from your experiences right now what would be your advice to anyone that is kind of like maybe in in the middle of this process of going into childbirth or stuff like that what would you what would you tell them to look out for just in case um i think if they have the opportunity i know that a lot of people don't basically <coughs> live in the city and there are lots of hospitals around um definitely get people's opinions of what which hospitals are the best um one thing i would do differently is probably refuse an induction that was <laughs> um extremely traumatic at one point I actually told them to stop I just didn't want them to do it anymore it was just and there was a woman in the bed next to me and she also said the same she was like I don't want you to they kind of like insert a pessary and try and get things moving and she was like don't put any more in me and that was the same it's just like very traumatic so that's probably the thing I'd say like if you do get offered induction try unless obviously it's like life-threatening to your baby, um, just try and go into labour naturally. Um, but also I think like hospitals that have birth centres as well as kind of maternity units are probably a lot better because they've got a lot more with midwives and that kind of thing. So okay. yeah. those are things probably. Solid. Yeah. Yeah, I would second that. I think it was um, induction or augmentation of labour that caused both of us having to have c-section um so they they broke my waters artificially and even though I went in and I had a sweep as well before I went into labour so even though they would have said that I went into labour naturally a sweep is actually a form of induction induction um you know like any any way they're kind of interfering with things and speeding things along um especially if you're a first-time mum I think you just need to get comfortable with the fact that 
you might be pregnant for longer than 40 or you probably will be pregnant for longer than 40 weeks it's quite normal yeah um and labor will take a long time and just try not to interfere with it in the process yeah um, basically keep yeah. it keep try to keep it as natural as possible just yeah yeah and prep your birth partners as well to kind of like speak up for you because it's really hard to speak up for yourself when you're going through labor okay yeah okay. everything kind of happens like one minute you're like having a contraction and then the next minute you've got like doctors consultants like rushing into your rooms like making you sign like this piece of paper for um and I don't remember a lot of my birth um mm. but like this is just the thing that adds told me um but they do just come in like hand you like this piece of paper to sign to say like you're having a c-section the next thing you know you're like in surgery and you you're you're contracting but you've got no like pain relief like my epidural failed and that was kind of part of like why it was so traumatic because it was painful and they were trying to put a spinal in me while I was having contractions (laughs) and it's just yeah it's just absolutely mental it's just chaos absolute chaos <laughs> and to be honest, i think what, what you just spoke about about like um your birth partner and kind of keeping them as informed as possible in that process and having somebody there right it's quite important because if i think about just me just thinking about that kind of situation whereby you are in a room whereby you're going through labor you're going through this whole process that is quite intense on yourself physically but also intense mentally you might not be in the right like frame to be able to kind of like consume the amount of information that they might be no, telling you so yeah. it is definitely yeah it's, it's it seems like a very volatile situation and if you don't have a partner there to to kind of handle that side of it for you could could, could kind of add add a bit more undue undue pressure on yourself yeah i think i will say that i don't know if you've been offered it or you've had it grace is the nhs do like a debrief um yeah for anyone who's had like a very hard labor and delivery and you go back like a few months later, I've got mine in October, but Grace could probably talk more about if you, if you've had your debrief. Yeah, I am. Um, so I actually got referred to the mental health midwives um, because I found the, not so much just the, the labor and the delivery, but the postnatal experience, I found it so traumatic. We were in hospital for five days and I was separated from her for quite a while um and so I've had someone that's been coming to my house and my notes are so long I was in labor for 60 hours my notes are so long 60 hours yeah holy shit the first 36 was very manageable (laughs) but then (laughs) 60 hours Jesus Christ um but yeah so we have spent two sessions going through my notes um it has been quite helpful, but I also saw a consultant um, and I, I kind of didn't find that so helpful. Um, mm. I feel like midwives are a bit more um, empathetic in general um, and they seem to be like more passionate about being with women and helping women through birth, whereas the consultants are a bit more matter of fact in my experience yeah they're a bit they're yeah. a bit more they're coming with a bit more of a man, managerial kind of like style just kind of like basically tick boxes and stuff like that if, if, if i'm trying yeah. to be good enough to them yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah i did i did notice that and I, i'd actually said that exact thing while i was in labor um that the midwife was very empathetic and like kind of understood my emotions because obviously when you're going through that and they tell you you've got to have a c-section it's 
and you want to have kind of like a natural birth it's very hard to kind of like take in so you're obviously that I mean I was just like in absolute pieces like crying and then they're shoving these papers in front of you and like the doctors and the consultants are like you need to go down to surgery now and they're just not very empathetic it's just like you need to do this you need to do this blah 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 yeah and they don't really understand your emotions around it so that's that's quite hard yeah Um, but yeah Ah, solid, solid information. I would, I, do you know what? I've got one more piece of advice that I have to tell people because I wish someone fly, could really fly, make it fly. to me. Let's do it. <laughs> I don't know if anyone pregnant is even going to listen to this. But oh, no, no. We, we're going to find someone pregnant do. to send it to you. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, and this sounds really pessimistic. And when, like, when I was pregnant, I was doing hypnobirthing and pregnancy yoga and listening to all these positive affirmations. And I basically planned for a home birth and I thought I can do this like I was so confident that it would happen that and I didn't want to hear this but people should plan for the worst oh okay and you need to know that if it happens you'll you've got a plan for it Mm. yeah um because I never thought that I would have a c-section or stay in hospital so even when we went to the hospital I didn't have like enough stuff to stay there for a couple of days because I really didn't think that it was going to pan out that way yeah you know, um, and I had like, was kind of like rushing to tell them like when we were going for a C-section, like, oh, I want skin to skin and I want delayed cord clamping and all this stuff that was written in my home birth plan. But I just never thought that it would like turn out that way. And I felt really yeah. unprepared for okay. that. Yeah. That's actually a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Because as as, as people, we try, we try to just look at the good things or look at what we want and just kind of stick to that. But actually, yeah. potentially, there could be something else that we have to, like, like get ready for. So, yeah, no, good information. Appreciate yeah. the information, peace. So, um, since you had, since you had your child, your ch- your kids, how's life been? Like adjusting as being new parents. Like, how's it been? Like now that the baby's here, how's it been for you? Um, who wants to go first? Do you want to go first, mate? I can do. Um, it's been a whirlwind, let's just say that. So you obviously spend like nine to ten months really, like look, really looking forward to like meeting your child. And it is it's the most amazing thing to me. Like obviously asked me like a year and a half ago and even thought like I'd be a mum right now, but it is like one of the best things. But and I wish people had told me this, it does come along with its downs. Um, Post birth is a really hard time um, for new mums and a lot of people don't speak about it a lot, but emotionally it's a massive roller coaster. Um, You obviously got a lot of hormones going through, you've got this new life that you're taking care of. Um, If you're breastfeeding, it's, literally 24 seven that you're looking after this child and you can't kind of go here to the dad because they're feeding all the time um and it is hard you will spend probably two weeks crying non-stop um but um as grace said she had help from like the mental health team i also got help from the perinatal team um and they're amazing in my gp and um i mean 
you can like call it postnatal depression, postnatal anxiety. It's just, it, it's a very hard thing to kind of go through. And it's, it's not spoken about enough, but it is so normal for new mums to go through those kind of emotions and kind of get diagnosed with um, that. And it's, it's hard when you're looking after a new life, but you also need to look after yourself and people kind of forget that. A lot yeah. of people are like, I want to meet the new baby and they kind of forget about you. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it's, I would say it's the most amazing thing in the world, but it's also the hardest thing in the world. So you've got these like two parallels where you're, you love this like little human so, so much but inside your head you're so sad and so down you've become this completely new person as a mum but then you've lost this kind of part of yourself and you're struggling with all these thoughts and feelings of sadness and crying and stuff um it's yeah it's just it's just hard and I'm sure Grace can you can yeah Yeah, I just agree with absolutely everything that you've said um like you could be speaking about my experience um Mm. but also yeah we don't it's kind of a bit of a taboo to talk about this kind of stuff because so the thing is like I would explain the first few weeks as being the hardest thing that I've ever done absolutely Mm. um but it's like you have this love that you've never experienced before um like I would actually say that (laughs) I didn't actually know what what love was before she came along. Like, it is so intense, Mm. and that is what gets you through it. And it's like you couldn't, under any other circumstances, you couldn't get through it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Yeah. And it's also, like Vicky said, you've lost this part of yourself. You're You're not living for yourself anymore. Like, everything that you do is just about keeping this little person alive Alive, and happy. Um. So, and yeah, it's a 24 hour job. Like it's all through the day, you're keeping them happy. And then all through the night, you're feeding them and keeping them happy as well. Um, But you're also recovering from like in our case, this this major surgery. Yeah. Um, So it's just so, so hard. Like it's it's hard to explain how difficult it is unless you've actually been through it. I Um, I, I actually saw a a post on social and people kind of discussing around it. And it it was talking about how like in some in like in the way things are now it's not everywhere but a lot of people when people have kids and when people have a baby the focus is always so on the baby and the care and love and everything goes towards the baby that unfortunately sometimes the mom or the person that went through birth in a sense gets doesn't get as much love as they should be getting at that point in time because I've actually they should be the one getting the most out of the most love and the most care at that point in time because they are also the one then giving the love and care to the baby so in a sense mm-hmm. they, they deserve maybe double the amount of love and care just to get them through the point whereby they can then just keep going on their own so I I, I was kind of reading through the discussion and looking at what people were saying and a lot of people kind of chiming in and saying yeah they've witnessed that a lot that the focus yeah. has always been on oh there's this new life right now we want to give it all the care or the love possible and sometimes the the, the, yeah. the, the new mom I just feel a bit neg- neglected in a sense yeah. yeah I think Vicky actually posted that <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Very similar. So, yeah. yeah maybe yeah and it's yeah, like, it's like we, yeah, like the baby, the baby is going to be looked after by us. Like we will take care of the baby, and what yeah. we need to be able to do that best 
is for someone to take care of us yeah because we're not taking care of ourselves yeah I even I even said Upon, I said because obviously when you have a new baby and you've got a big family and lots of friends everyone wants to come meet the baby which is absolutely fine like mm. I'm so glad that I have a daughter that's so loved <laughs> but at the same time and I did say this to him and I think I was in one of those I think it was in the first few weeks and I was like having a breakdown because I was so emotional I was like I don't need anyone to come and take my baby from me and hold my baby and like ask me is she hungry does she need training is she tired like I can take care of that ask me that question (laughs) yeah I need someone to hoover for me I need someone to take my dog out because I can't walk further Mm. than the road because I've had a c-section like my partner's gone back to work and I know Grace, your partner, a junior one, back to work really quickly and he didn't really have much yeah. time. He's in a new job, so he didn't yeah. get much yeah. Like, come hang my washing out, come make me some food, don't come to my house and take my baby from me because, and I can't explain it until you, you like, are actually a mum, but seeing someone hold your baby in those first few weeks, it's... It sounds selfish, but it's so, it's so, so hard. And especially if they're crying, it's just... You're just like, give her to me. Give her back to me, yeah. (laughs) Give me my baby. Literally, and I don't mind, like, my friends have come round and my family have come round and Ed's family have come round. And if I feel like it, I will say, hey, do you want a cuddle? But, like, when someone comes to my house and the first thing that they say is, can I hold the baby? And I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know you know that, that's actually quite interesting because when, when when i think about it like when people come over to the house and want to come and just oh, i want to come and meet the baby i want to come and do that with the baby and kind of like take the baby from you yeah and it's because in a sense it's like all right cool we, we can take care of the baby while you go do what you need to do as potentially like a mom or like or like with a house when it comes to like cleaning laundry and stuff like that and i said just yeah. go back to do what you need to go do while we take care of the baby in a sense and it like when i think about it that's like it does feel a bit uncomfortable because it's like actually it can help me do that stuff it shouldn't just be because i'm i'm a woman and i'm in the house i have to do that stuff and then you just take care of the baby while i go do the the house stuff in a sense why don't you help me out with doing that stuff while i actually care for life that i've got in that's actually quite interesting yeah 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 Yeah. now because because like i have to shout out to my mum as well um like on what you were just saying like she's been an absolute angel she she came to my house and um she started doing my laundry and my ironing Mm. and i kind of like tried to interfere and she said the word she said was um you take care of your baby and i'll take care of mine and I was like, oh, like that is, that is that's banger. what mums need. Yeah. New mums need someone to yeah. do um, all of the shitty jobs, yeah, so that you can just, yeah, take care of your baby, basically. Yeah. That's, that's like, actually been done. Yeah, especially when you've had like a C-section, even just like reaching, you don't realize how much you use like your stomach muscles and just. Mm like reaching up for something, reaching down for something, like getting something out of the cupboard, whatnot. It's just, it's very hard. Even like, you wouldn't, if you'd had major surgery, you wouldn't be expected to like, just go back to normal. But mm. mums, yeah. if for some reason, mums are expected to to do that while taking yeah. care of a baby. And they're like, oh, you shouldn't lift anything. But then you've got like a 
seven, eight, nine pound baby that you need to be all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think I remember when I was in hospital one of the nights, I couldn't, Maya was crying and I couldn't get up in time because I was in so much pain and I was crying because I couldn't get to her in time. And thankfully one of the midwives was like in the bay next to me and she came in and helped. But it's those kind of things that you just can't get to your baby quick enough. Mm. And it's just, it's just so hard. And you don't realize what you can and can't do. But um, yeah. yeah, like Grace said, shout out to my mum as well, who came and like hoovered. Fantastic. She even cleaned my carpets for oh, me. Oh man, that's so sweet. <laughs> now, you know, it, 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 it is actually quite beautiful because like we, um, where I used to live before I used to live with my family and my brother had his wife um, from Nigeria come over and, and she was pregnant at the same time. And then, she had a baby and just looking at the process, like my mom, just what my mom was doing was a great example as to how we could help her out. It wasn't, it wasn't just by helping with the baby. It was about helping with various stuff around the house, which meant that she didn't have to worry about anything else. Maybe just like cooking or like, or like doing the washing up or like just or like doing the laundry and stuff like that. Any way in which shape or form that we could take care of that process for her made life also easier for her to then focus mm-hmm. on the baby the new life in a sense and and they just had a baby right now as well not not that long ago earlier this year they had a baby and it's the same process i remember i remember like when she was pregnant the second time my sister-in-law she was crying uh she, she was crying because the reason why she was crying was because her mom is back home and her mom wasn't wasn't granted the opportunity to come over and just that bond of not having her mom around to take care of her just like my mom has been doing that for her it kind of got very, very emotional for her. And she was like crying, but like, I just have to kind of like call and be like, you know what? It's all well, it's all good. We're here as a family. We'll take care of the responsibility that your mom will be doing because she knows that you're in good hands as well. So that's the thing. But I think that that's quite crucial because I, I, I also learned during that process that it's not just about taking care of the baby or taking the pressure off her by taking the baby away from her. It's by what can we do around you to make sure that you are as comfortable as, as possible to process with your recovery and also just kind of to recover from this process that you've been through as well. Because I, I, I've known people that have had, ba- I've had babies and literally in the next like two, three weeks are out to work and stuff like that. And yeah. that's just, and that's just pressure. So the question is like, what can we do to then take that pressure off yourself? So nah, that's, that's amazing. Shout out to the mothers, man. Shout out to the mothers. They do amazing jobs. <laughs> yeah, my mom better not listen to this podcast because she'd be like, yo, where's your kid? Why are you always talking about something? Where's your kid? It's your time to go have a kid. Maybe it's... <laughs> she, she literally messaged me. Was it like, um, no, my, no, my dad, my dad messaged me uh, like last week or something like that. Just out of the blue, just like, what are you doing with your life? He said when you were 30, you're gonna you're gonna be settled down, have a kid already, you know. What I mean, a wife on a you're 32 right now. Pull your weight up, boy. <laughs> he, he's dissing me. He's like, yo, listen, look at your mates, they're all having kids. Like because my uh, my cousin just had a baby, and that's the reason why he messaged me. <laughs> yeah, it's like, look, look, he's younger than you, he's already has a kid already. Look at that, look at that. Oh, yeah, it's cool. My time will come. My time will come. But yeah, yeah. It's cool. It's cool. There's no pressure. There's no pressure. I, I, I take this as a learning time. I want to learn about this whole process before I jump into it. Even though mm, everything yeah. can just go sideways. So it's cool. But like, what is what is going on now when it comes to that? Like, let's bring it back to something that we know about, like powerlifting. Like, what is what is what is what is going on with yourself when it comes to training? Um, how are you getting back into it? What is your what is your look into the future when it comes to like powerlifting, competing, and stuff like that? Yeah, so I started back training, I think I was just over six weeks postpartum. 
Um, so that's kind of like the recommended amount of time when you have like your checkups. So I didn't really wait for my checkup from the doctor because like, what do they know really? <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was, was yours rubbish? Mine was so rubbish. Yeah, they don't really, they, they, they look, they care more about the baby, which is obviously fine. We want the baby to be perfect. You know your body and you know what you're capable of. And as long as they've looked to make sure my like incision isn't infected and all that kind of thing, I felt like I was kind of good to go. And pretty much every day I was like walking a bit further. So I knew my recovery was like going okay. okay. But um, yeah, so I started back end lifting. Like obviously it don't like lightweights. Um, six weeks and then I moved to a different gym that I was training on before I got pregnant and they said that I can bring Maya with me which is like shout out to good lifts um <laughs> in Manchester they're amazing um, they let you bring kids dogs you know whatever um, so, so it's good it, it allows me to train still which is good obviously sometimes it's not um ideal when you've got a crying baby and there's lots of people there and you feel bad and they want to feed and your schedule is just all up in the air um, um, but yeah, I'm getting through it, training like three or four times a week. I've actually just entered my first comp back. I saw that, so I saw that, December. Really exciting to do. I mean, it's not going to be spectacular. It's just going to be just like get back on the platform. Oh, yeah, That's a big achievement. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Um, yeah. I mean, hopefully qualify for the British next year. But um, yeah, well, that's that's kind of my aim just to get a qualifying total and then yeah and is, is is the gym is the gym privately owned i'm guessing it's a private, it's a yeah, private yeah. yeah it's a private gym the, the only thing that's rubbish about it is it's like in an old mill so it's two flights up some stairs oh, okay so i had to carry her up in like a car seat and, but, <laughs> um, but, yeah. but at least yeah. they, they give they give you the opportunity to actually like come into the space with your child and kind of be able to kind of train because yeah. I know commercial gyms don't really have those sort of facilities or, or, or they're, they're not catered for new moms in a sense to want to like bring your kid well, in and stuff like that. So I am a member of like a commercial gym as well and they have a crash there as well, but um, there have to be three months to go and then you have to pay extra and it's only like two hours a day. So um, obviously getting out of the house with a baby, you don't really know what time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk, we'll, yeah. Um, so, so some gyms are okay. Obviously, they've got the crashes, but nothing that you can just like put her there and feed her when you kind of want. And um, yeah. yeah, so okay, okay. And Grace, what about yourself? Um, yeah, I also I started back at six weeks as well. Um, I was kind of doing some. I was kind of doing like some breathing exercises and stuff um, before that. I'm gonna to have to take it out of this thing. Oh, <laughs> it's like now you're talking about training. I want to hear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is basically how my sessions go. <laughs> Bring me um, out. <laughs> so yeah, started back at six weeks with just the barbell, um, and then I've just kind of like added some weight each week, depending yeah. on how. Look at this. Hello. She's not Hello. Hello. What's going on? Like, who, are, who are these people? <laughs> who are these people crashing into my time? Who are you? She's so grumpy right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, this right here should be the thumbnail. Just like, why yeah. are you here? <laughs> that was a me. good run though. It's been like an hour. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was good. Proud of you. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. And I've just been adding weights like each week. Um, 
things are just feeling better I don't know about you Vicky but like the first time that I put like 60 kilos on my back I was like how did I ever like to think of the weights that I used to lift basically just blow my mind now like I can't I can't imagine ever getting back there Like Mm. I know that if I if I keep training then I will Mm. but I I can't imagine it at the moment um my body just feels completely different but do you find do you find your body is either rapidly like kind of getting used to getting back into like lifting weights or is this still taking this time in a sense I would say the the difference in like so if if we go from like the day that she was born the two weeks after that um like really shocked me how how quickly I felt so much better Mm. um because like straight after like when you first I mean, it was like the middle of the night when I had my C-section. And when I first woke up, I was like, oh, my God, how will I ever recover from what's just happened to me? Like, it is excruciating. Um, And like the first time you try to sit up, it's like someone has literally ripped out your entire core. Like, it's... No more core. Your core's gone. (laughs) You can't you can't describe it. It's it's such a weird feeling. Um. So yeah, the first few weeks recovery really shocked me. Like the progress there. Um. And also the progress from the bar to like seventy kilos, say on squats, that was really fast as well. Okay. Um. I'm expecting it to start slowing down a little bit now. Um. Like I've I've got to like a hundred kilos on squats, and I'm expecting things to start getting a bit slower uh, wait what was your what was your max like what was your like heaviest like squat 170 was my max oh, squat. Okay. All right. um, so i don't know what i could do for a single at the moment i don't know probably no, 120 she's saying she's saying more she's saying more i think i think you could do more <laughs> right more right more right <laughs> like you're not low ball- stop lowballing yourself mom come on <laughs> add some more there add some more there <laughs> people are watching people are listening <laughs> there's some like i would say there's some like movements that feel very uncomfortable or like unnatural now i don't know about you guys like doing i had like split squats that i wanted to do and like because obviously you got one leg back and one leg forward you're really kind of stretched out the same as when you're benching it's very very uncomfortable and obviously i'm probably <laughs> but it's just it's it makes you feel a bit like uneasy about it like you're stretching out that much um and it's it's not like painful painful but it's just it makes you like cringe a little little (laughs) yeah yeah and I know as well like at the moment I'm not bracing when I'm lifting um because the weights are still pretty light um, and that's kind of how I trained when I was pregnant as well I didn't brace so anything <laughs> that I could lift without bracing was fine um okay. but because I know my core is so much weaker than it was I know that when I get to those weights where I have to start bracing it's going to be it's going to be a bit more a bit more taxing on the body yeah yeah that's a, that's a, no, that's interesting. That's interesting. so I'm guessing oh, your next yeah. competition is in December um and Vicky and grace do you have any competition in the looking forward in the future for any competition are you are you gonna um, come back and like smash i mean smash those in the weight class right now i'm just i'm trying to spice it i'm trying to cause a little spice of drama you know like a bit of, <laughs> come on yeah i don't know Wait. we'll see we'll see about that but i do want to get back on the platform by the end of the year awesome um, what weight class are you in again what, what weight class were you in i was 63 but i'm gonna be a 69 
now because oh, oh everyone is in that weight class though you know I know I just don't like obviously I'm not 63 kilos anymore and I just don't want the added pressure of trying to diet yeah I don't need it right now it, it, it ain't worth it but now okay I'm looking forward to the 69 let's go wait are you in the same weight class as well Vicky? Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. We're gonna have the uh, the battle of everyone's and then the battles of the moms and all that. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, because I think you know um Sabrina who just um Sabrina Moore who just gave birth, um she had a premature baby, I think it's 28 weeks. Um wow. yeah. yeah, um she's would also be a 69. Well, she, she used to be a 63, but I think she might have moved up. So, yeah, Battle of the Mums in the 69. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, man. Like, we, we, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to promote this. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm going to promote <laughs> this. I'll go with that. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but, I, but I, you know what? That would be amazing to see that happen. Yeah. If, if it's the if it's the next British next year, early next year, whenever that is, that'd be amazing to see because I mean that's just a testament to how the body can go through such a massive change in life and they're still able to kind of like acclimatize and get back to kind of performance because this comes to just the whole mechanics of the body and stuff like that. So that'll be very interesting to watch. I'll be there cheering. I'm I'm just gonna go there just to kind of just get <laughs> a shit talked to. I'm not gonna lie. I'm in no way I'm nowhere close to where I need to be. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that'll be interesting uh, i'm looking forward to that um but you know this has been an interesting conversation i'm really happy that you guys could jump in and have this conversation with myself i learned a lot because this for me was a uh, was not just about just having a, a very nice hard conversation but i wanted to kind of hear about the process that you guys have been through it's, uh, I, I learned from it but also i'm going to share this to everyone else on the podcast put this on youtube as well so people can kind of like have this information out there that they can digest and um, anyone in our community or powerlifting or outside the world of powerlifting as well can kind of look into this information, digest this content, learn about the process, and hopefully kind of like engages people's mind about what goes through your body when you go through pregnancy mm-hmm. or potentially go through pregnancy. So really appreciate your time. I know you have the babies and you got to go back to you. I don't want to take too much of your time. So really thank you for joining me today. I appreciate it a lot. Uh, thanks for having thanks us. Cool. Pleasure. Yeah, it's nice I will have you next time. I mean, you can always come back, have an update like six months from now, yeah. like see, see how things are going. That'd be amazing yeah. to do that as well. Yeah. Cool. Awesome.